It's starting. That is going to be the official song of The Toter Tales. I said I was going to do it. I'm giving it a try. Here we go. The Toter Tales podcast. Now, the first one technically is not from The Toter, as it's down getting its new signature look as I sit here at my kitchen table. I've got old 95 there behind me. I actually learned to rope on that steer. Let's take a look at those horns. Just to let you all know, I used to catch those. Did not split them one bit. But anyways, my first Toter Tales podcast. Giving it a go, and I always said my first guest. First guest was going to be my man, Jess Tierney. It was actually, Jess, i got to say, it was kind of a dream of both of ours. You know, we're sitting in Andrews, Texas, and you tell me, you're like, you know, we need to come up with a podcast where we can tell stories about what it's like rodeoing, because obviously you've seen the Toter Tales. It's just what's happened to me day to day. Big fan, by the way. Well, thank you. Jess Tierney, he is a steer-tripping uh, concierge, or what would be a fancy word for that? I don't have a thesaurus in front of me, but I think concierge, I, that should work. Let's go with it. He's the one of the best steer-trippers in the whole world. He is a timed event champion and uh, one of my dearest friends. And i got to say, I've had the whole idea. I was like, I'm not starting the podcast without you. So here's our opportunity to tell stories. I'm going to let you have a little five-minuter. I want you to tell your most embarrassing story about me. And I'm not, I can't even interrupt. I won't even interrupt. Your most embarrassing one. Well, first of all, in my career, I've had the opportunity to be in some pretty cool pressure situations, none of which have got me more nervous than being on any kind of a toter tail. I had no idea that it was his dream to have me as his first guest, but I came to Claremore, uh, Oklahoma's rodeo on Wednesday. They move it from Thursday to Saturday, so we get four days of roping here, and he gets all this stuff, and I've never seen somebody more excited. I've seen 12 hours of evolution of this thing coming together, and here we are. He's about to leave for a rodeo, and he's more worried about the podcast, and I love it. So, thanks for having me. Well, hey, thanks for being a part of it. I that. didn't get to tell your story yet. But. Well, we'll just come back. Enjoy your community coffee. That goes down smooth with like a Sunday afternoon drive. It is nice. Did you make that cup? Looking sharp. Diamond Bar cap. Appreciate it. Welcome to the Diamond Bar Ranch. Let's talk Good a little bit about our week. We've been working on your healing. You know, that's a timed event. Trying to get Jess ready. We're starting out uh, 291 days from now. we got to have your healing sharp and ready for it. We've been working on my steer tripping quite a bit. Steer tripping, I didn't realize was going to be so hard. First of all, I knew it was hard. I respect the sport so much. And I don't want to be one of those guys that, you know, I'm a team roper and I think, oh, heck, anybody can do it. We'll just start entering. Like, no, I've been working at it. been tying a bunch. been going to a lot of different people. Uh, Jess was actually my coach. Every video, every run, we've done everything via text message. Send him a video. tells me like the 17 different things. Since you've been here, I have hit the ground more times. I mean, I've been tripping now for an illustrious two months is my career span, two, two illustrious months. Haven't hit the ground that often. I landed on my face yesterday on the wrong side of a horse. I hit my back a few times. And, I mean, I'm six foot 230, very athletic. And to hit from four feet in the air right on your elbow, I mean, I'm starting to get aged. I mean, 37 years old. And today, my pants. Steer tripping is hard. It's now, dangerous. You are the number one steer tripper in the world. First of all, I don't know if you hit the ground more than that because he only, how, why would he send me that video, right? 
I mean, we're here live action. We've seen two of them in two or three days. So they were dangerous too. I'm just, I'm glad you made it through it. Well, I'm giving 110%, but you're the number one steer tripper in the world. Let's talk a little bit more about that. Snedeker got me by a couple hundred right now. You know, I actually brought that up for this very reason. So when I started, uh, Jess entered me at every steer trip. Like we were buddies, you know, because you can buddy with a person and save fuel and all this and that. And you quit entering me and quit buddying with me, and you've moved back to number two. And that's something. I think it correlates. I think there's a strong correlation. What's your car number again? Come on, you know that one's close to your heart. Chad Masters knows it, 31050. But, all right, I want you to tell them all now, because I've always told embarrassing stories about myself. They've seen me put the fertilizer trailer in the creek. They've seen pretty much all the, the bulls that get caught in the hay in the hay rings. Uh, what is your favorite, most embarrassing story of me? Favorite and most embarrassing? I'm not sure they go together. <laughs> well, I want to tell the funniest one. I want to tell the, my favorite story. I, all right. And it, it happened most recently. So... Coleman Proctor comes down to my house before the time to vet. We're going to do some heading and healing. Really had no idea how much steer roping we were going to do. Didn't even know he was really that interested in doing it. And I see it going along there, and I thought, you know what? Just get on my good horse and make a run. So Coleman, being the professional he is, and he can pretty much do anything with a rope, sticks it on this steer of mine. He's eat, what, about 11 flat, would you say? Easily 11 flat. Maybe 19. 10, 7, it was a hand. As soon as the hands come up, the chest come out, off on the wrong side of the horse, we had to hem him up, say, whoa, buddy, come back, come back. Back over on this side, he said, how much for that one? I said, well, he's not for sale, but we're going to find you one. It wasn't one week later. We got a horse in the trailer here in Pryor, Oklahoma, ready for rodeo. I mean, it was two weeks later, and I entered the first, my first one. I loved it. I did. Well, I did come up. I stood up, and I, stood, I stepped across the steer, and I told you, I think that's to establish dominance. They're like, hey, I tied you up. Doesn't it feel good, though? It does feel good. It is the most fun I've ever had in my life. I've told you guys this before. It is the biggest thrill I've ever had. I'm so nervous every time I back in the box. It, it's it's amazing. I haven't even won anything hardly yet. I did win $600 at Gaiman the other day, so watch out, Jess. I'm on your tail. But let's talk. You're never now- lacking in confidence, by the way, because the first time I met Coleman Proctor, we were in college. He had a fur coat on, and I'm talking with one with a collar and a hat with brims on it, about a foot on each side, dipped down, looked like he just come out of a Tombstone movie. I said, who's that guy? I said, that's Coleman Proctor, and I'll never forget it. And now here we sit, what, 12 years later, sitting here at I think the it's 20. kitchen table, enjoying our beautiful community coffee. I mean, that could be our signature moment right there, our signature living quarters. When you're looking for style and grace and all in between, check them out, signature living quarters. That's where the toter's at right now. I'm kind of bummed. We're going to have to do this again down the road here this summer as we get rolling in and get all of our crew set up. Man, we've got all kinds of stuff. I tell a joke. We get it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You know, we're getting, we're getting used to all this. You guys are getting a rough first cut. But actually, speaking of college days, you're now coach. Western Oklahoma State Community College. Is that right? Western Oklahoma State College. My bad. Oklahoma. I knew there was a C in there. Well, you got to forgive me because now I'm going back to college as well. Northwestern Oklahoma State University ride, Rangers ride. How many hours are we lacking on that? You know what? I've got uh, three classes this summer, and then three, two classes in the fall, and I will be graduated, hopefully, before I run my first one at the national finals this year. That is my goal. That's the, the end goal. How did you get to rodeo coaching, by the way? Well, I guess uh, it was just one of them deals. Well, first of all, I'm a rodeo guy. I was raised to be a rodeo guy. I liked watching the barrel racing, the bronc riding, the bareback riding. When I was a kid, I knew all the clowns. I, you know, 
I like when I was rodeoing, I pushed somebody's bulldog and steer, and I'd I'd pull their pull their bull rope for them. So uh, I seen that opening come up down there, and I thought, you know, that's something I'd like to try. I like to I'd like to go down there and, and see if I can help some kids. I'm I'm not an expert bronc rider, but uh, we try to help them where we can, and and that's kind of how I got into it. I just thought it'd be something I'd, I'd like to do, and it's turned out it is. You know, you say you're no expert bronc rider. I put him on a heel horse yesterday that had a little hump in his back, and you bailed that a little fast. bit of hump. On a heel horse is is not all that enjoyable. But I did see Coleman get on him because, and I think he just wanted to make me feel bad, you know. And, well, I had to show you his training technique is a little different than mine. He got him, got the hump out of me. Now let's go ahead and reiterate that was not a horse off the beautiful Diamond Bar Ranch since 1892. <laughs> that was a friend of ours. But I just kind of thought, man, you were more cowboy. You come from South Dakota. You're from the Badlands. I kind of thought you ought to be able to handle a little more than that. Let's talk about last time I got to visit with you. I got to meet your beautiful wife, Teresa. Hey, thanks for the compliment right there. Appreciate that. You're welcome. <laughs> what I come? I, I thought he thought I was more cowboy than that. I appreciate that. Laughter. <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk a little bit about your beautiful wife, Teresa. And you've got to tell this story. Uh, and, and, you know, let's keep it Toter Tales PG. I want to talk about when she was hazing for you as you're preparing to go to the time event, and you're in South Dakota. This was a while back. I told this story to Coleman, uh, what, a few weeks ago? Mm-hmm. So I had a horse that uh, wasn't really making anything else, so I thought, surely he can make a bulldog horse, right? So it's December in South Dakota. I got one bulldog and steer. I got one hazer, and it's my wife. I got my shafts on, and my mom is popping the chute for me. And so I run this horse to the point where it's time to get off, and I'm not feeling it, right? So I run by. I run down there. I get my steer. I run him back. Back in the chute we go. Back in the corner. Nod. Mom pops the lash because that's her job. And away we go again. My wife's over here. She's getting a little closer this time. I'm feeling a little bit safer. Not quite. Got to go by again. So we get down to the back end of the arena. And the arena is at my, where I grew up where I'm doing this. Where, mind you, it's about 23 degrees, which is why I got my shafts on. Uh, it's about 600 foot long. So we bring this steer back around. Now he's hot frothing doesn't really probably need another run but we're going to go anyway and i'm about to go again my wife says hey it looks good don't be a weenie get in there <laughs> so what's your choices then right so and actually we're dating at this time that was one of my clues like hey this is the one right here so away we go we got the same look i'm not going to be a weenie i get hooked up slight and i'm telling you if you're having any troubles jumping a bulldog and steer Get your girlfriend to haze one. You be on a green horse, get a big arena, and one bulldog and steer. It'll get you over any fears you got. That's awesome. So now here you are seven years later. You're fixing to uh, – you had a big plans this weekend before they moved the slack. You, you're actually fixing to uh, redo the vows. Not only that, but I was going to get very romantic with this deal, right? So I had a big date night set up on Friday night. You know, that we were going to have a kind of chill out Saturday, and we're going to move right into Sunday on the, on the renewing our vows. Our preacher said every seven years is a good time to do it, so we're coming on seven. Now, would you let her haze for you now? In that arena on that horse? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Just a champion in life and a bulldogger of everything. Put your wife in there and let her haze for you. You know what? I, I'd say yes until you have Cody Woodard haze for you, because mm-hmm. Cody Woodard is my favorite hazer of all time. He really makes you feel like you're at your grandma's house, stealing some cookies out of a jar, and it's just fine. You know, no, don't worry about it. Nothing's you're, you're not going to get in trouble at Grandma's house for doing anything, and that's what Cody makes you feel like at the at the when you're when you're uh, bulldogging. He's your hazer. And I'll tell you a story real quick on that. 
the year after I'd won the tight event, I'm the first guy out, and I get a bad go at one. The steer turns his head, I pull, and away he goes. We go down the left side, and, and we're hooking down through there, and I'm trying to get caught up, and I can feel Cody coming, and I'm kind of feeling like it's time to do this, you know? But I'm not real sure, and I'm the same deal. I'm not going to do it. And Cody, you know, you know, a lot of guys, some hazers, they'll go, get in there, Bulldog, really get you nervous. Cody goes, not yet, not yet. Hold on. Okay, you're good. I had time to say, are you sure? He said, get in there, you're good. Wow, 17-something at the back end. With what a barrier, I think. What did Clint McSpadden call you the first time you went there? The damnedest Bulldogger he'd ever seen. Is that when you Bulldog one left-handed? I think I had a hold of one by a front foot. How did this go down? Well, as a, it was a real blackout moment to be real truthful with you, but that first year of bulldogging, uh, I just I didn't do a very good job, and I missed. I I was just hustling, you know. I was just grabbing for whatever, you know. It's a big arena; things can be really nice, or they can get real out of whack in a hurry. And uh, yeah, I had one by a foot, pulled it underneath him, threw the steer down, had to get him up, throw him. He says, "That's that Jess Tierney's the damnedest bulldogger I've ever seen." I mean that guy could paint a poem with the, with the English language, and he you just minimized him to damnest bulldog he ever seen. <laughs> and now I mean that's that, let's talk a little bit. You know the timed event. I haven't really. I've helped one time. I've never really been a part of it. I've been invited a few times. Uh, was never quite big enough to bulldog. Like I said, six foot two thirty, just not not quite there. Right here, this little spot. Yeah. He says you got to get off your horse. That never got bigger. But he can get on a bronc that's gonna that I don't want to get on. So we're know we're lying a little bit. I think we ought to try it. Well, I am. I think when I'm 41, I think I want to cross the 40 hump and then look at rookie of the year. But let's talk. It takes grit. Like that's what I'm getting to here, at rodeo coach. It takes grit to to win something like the time event. That's why you see Casey Jones, guys like that. You know, they they have grit. You never see them back down. He's like a warrior. It is like nothing I've ever seen before. But let's talk, like, when you start seeing kids and you start offering scholarships, we actually signed a kid here in the hallway of the barn while you've been over here. Been doing some business while you've been down. Yep. But uh, let's talk a little bit, like, what does it take? Like, what are you looking for in a college rodeo kid? You know, I'm trying for a scholarship, this and that. What are you really looking for? I like a kid that wants to go to school, wants to further his life, further his education. And then, you know, a kid that wants to win the CNFR, you know, or just, or there's some kids that show up that they just want to get better. You know, um, those kids that want to show up and try. That's the kind of kids I want around. I think that's the kind of kids any program wants around. So, you know, you're busy. I mean, like, you're trying to get all these trippings made that we are entering for the next little bit here, and then you are headed off to the college finals. How many kids do we have going this year? Tell us a little bit about how your summer will go down. We got three kids making the college finals. I'll just name them off. J.C. Aquil, Corbin Culley, and Jordan Lovitz. They're all team ropers, uh, all very, very good team ropers, and anybody who's watching this is going to hear about them again. You know, they'll be around for a long time. But uh, that's I actually going back to an earlier question. You asked me, why did you take that coaching job? Well, that part of that was it got me down south. So all winter, I get to spend, you know, I get to go to probably 20 rodeos within three hours of my house, which is nice. And then in the summertime, I'll go up for the college finals, and then I'll stay up there all July for, you know, Belfouche, Cody, Sheridan, Cheyenne, Deadwood, Burwell, and then come back home, close to home for – for all the fall rodeos when they start up at Dodge City, Lovington, Spicer Grip, and then they move into September and all winter again. So, um, And then we get back into the college rodeos right there in the middle of September. Now, we were talking a little bit this year. You're, you're kind of a different game plan when you go to the college rodeos now as what you were before. You don't eat breakfast at McDonald's, you said. You and Stockton, you got kind of a, you know, a regimen you guys stay with. What is the coach's life like? 
Well, I'm going to tell you, Matt Stockton is a very knowledgeable coach when it comes to eating. Because when I first started going, it was lone wolf out there, right? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm hitting up the subways and the Jimmy Johns and all this. And he just says, whoa, whoa, whoa. He threw the brakes on that deal. And we're eating sushi bars. We're eating steaks. I mean, when you hate, when you, I'll tell you what, if you really want to know where to hit the best spots in town, you find a seasoned bulldogger and you hit your wagon to his tail. And that's what Stockton's really taught me a lot about that this year. So that's been a lot of fun. The, the bills got higher, I can tell you that. <laughs> the per diem doesn't really cover it as good as it used to, but. You know, I, and I tell you what, bulldoggers are so cool just in general. Like, they're always helping each other. Yeah, buddy, you guys need a push. You need this. You need that. You know, they're always Coffee, helping each other. Cards. Yeah. yeah. And I tell you what, steer ropers, you guys are the bulldoggers of the, the roping world. Of the area. Yeah. Sure. I said it again. Yeah. I mean, those guys are very, uh, well, all the trippers, that yeah, they'll bring you in. They want you to, to like, I mean, really, once you become a steer roper and you actually make a few runs, make a few rodeos, draw some chicks, you really get to love it, you know, because there's a lot of technique to it, a lot of horsemanship to it, a lot of falling off this side, jumping over the rope, hitting on this side, learn how not to do that, you know, which I think we dang sure conquered that this week, wouldn't you say? I was literally in my banker's office a while ago, and, and <clears throat> we're talking about it all, roping and rodeoing, and I showed him this video, I said, your roping's hard. Because, man, these right-handed ties, when you got across the rope, I took ballet in the sixth and seventh grade, like, I'm fairly graceful. I'm still pretty flexible, and sometimes getting across this rope is nothing nice. So yesterday, it grabs my leg, it flies me straight out, and I love it. In my video, you got Jess over there, like, "Go on, get up, go on, go on, <laughs> like, quick, get off your back and do something." That's so. But you're you still know, but hold on. But in all seriousness, so this guy, his 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 wanted to do this. And it's cool to see somebody that says, I'm going to go spend the money to find a horse I need that's going to help me do it. He already ropes horns great, obviously. And it's took a few, you know, a few lessons here and there, but he's going to have a big future in steer open. And I can't wait to see it. And I mean, we'll give him a hard time about falling off, but you know what? Until you fall off the right side of your horse, until you step on a rope and land three foot away like he did, you're not quite a steer roper yet. So. <laughs> You've made strides, and I'm proud of what he's been doing. And I and, and you guys are going to see him win a lot of money in the steer up in the future. You know, and so I love your story about uh, I love your story about how I got started. So Jess calls me, and and here was here was your sales pitch to me. He wants me to help him at the time event, and I was coming back from like the American and something else, and I was going to be coming in on a Sunday. And you're like, well, just come by the house and stay, and and Monday, and I don't know if he doesn't own a map, but like prior Oklahoma. Fort Worth, Texas, Altus, Oklahoma, right? That's, I'm like, it's the triangle. On the way. Yeah, like, I'm not still on the way. My wife's got to get back and work. I've got both kids. Like, no, I ain't going to be able to make it work coming home. And you're like, well, don't drive all the way down here. I'm like, okay. I mean, I practice team roping every day. So, like, I don't really need to drive five hours to practice team roping. And you're like, hey, you know what? I want you down here because it's going to give me more confidence knowing how to head, head them for you and, and what you're going to show me. And, you know, I'd, I'd appreciate you come down. I'm it like, looks different on ESPN. So I'm like, you know what, I, you bet. I'm willing to do it. I don't really need to spend the 500 in diesel going down there and back just to team rope. But little did I know the 500 in diesel was going to be the cheap part. Then they get down there, you let me ride Elvis. I spit one out, step across him to establish dominance, get yelled at, 
step back across the rope, and then here I am. I'm just like, find me a horse. But I have wanted to. It's something I've wanted to do for a long time, and I'm excited. And like I said, you got all the steer ropers are so kind. Everybody was so excited. Guy, man, whenever I want to check, everybody was. They're like, you want? I think what it is though. I think you guys, you get some team ropers dabbling. Like you get us drawn over there. We want to do a little steer trip and feel a little more cowboy. So we ease over there, and that's just like, all right, easy pickings. What did you guys say this added this week? Eight thousand plus six team ropers. That's another seventeen. Twelve. That's ten thousand this week. We got five team ropers in it. I know that the game that y'all are playing, but you play it so sweet, you make us feel good about it, and I love that. It is fun. It's a lot of good time. And you don't do any other events in team, and like you don't team rope anymore hardly. Yeah, Not really. No. Well, I tell you what. Um, first of all, team roping. You got to admire team ropers, calf ropers, bulldoggers. I mean, it's a it's a year long battle. These guys had to do the horsepower, the practice it takes, and and for me, steer roping works because it's uh, it's moderately part time. There's parts of the year where there's one to go here, two to go there. Uh, it's still a very very competitive sport, uh, but for me, it works good with a family and a job. So that's why I stick with just the steer roping, and uh, you know. I used to team rope a lot, love doing it, still love going and, and practicing and going to some jackpots and time event stuff, but calf roping and team roping have definitely become a second seat for me. You know, you always thought I'd give you a hard time about this, and I'll tell this story, I love it, because uh, that's what I want this Toter Tales to be about. We're just going to tell fun stories, you know, give some good advice, and just, you know, the stuff that happens every day that people don't realize that what goes down. But the first time I ever watched you run a calf was at San Antonio AT&T Center. And he runs one. When I tell you, he runs one over halfway. He gets it on him. And I don't know if you've ever watched Jess Tierney perform on the ground, but like he, he is doing everything at a high rate of speed. And he's getting it. And you, this calf hits the ground. You're right behind him. He stands up, and you run straight past him. And you grab him by the tail. And you like you basically ran a basketball suicide that I'd only seen in gym class. Pass the calf, grab his tail, touch the ground, stand up, run back, whop ten flat and I was like holy cow if you're going to do all that still in ten flat like yeah and I, I thought it was the coolest thing I've ever seen I keep telling him about it and he was like well you ain't got to make fun of me all the time and I'm like I'm not that's been a good kid it was an impressive <laughs> I, that's what that's how when I first met you that's when I first saw you like you remember me from the fur coat and the big hat coming out of eastern Oklahoma a little roan horse Elon Booger <laughs> no, let's get a little <laughs> oh, that was the wrong one I meant to do this one I'm still learning to run this. I'm still learning to run this. And I feel good being on the inaugural run of the podcast. Well, I told you, and like you, you honestly, you were the driving force behind Rumford's podcast. I think Rump I chat. was. I really feel like I was. Justin may try to deny that, but we can we can talk about it defended here. And I mean, like, I think he owes you some dough. That thing's got to be making some money. You watching, Justin? Pay attention. <laughs> I love, I love this that. soundboard. I love but that button. I want you to tell everybody out there in Toter Tail Land about loaning a guy like me money and how fast I will both pay it back and borrow it again. Well, I was going to tell that story. I just don't know. I didn't. You said Toter Tail. All right, I'm going to tell this story. This really is my favorite story on Coleman because I have told this story I don't know how many times. Probably more times than I tell the, the, the story of me and Colin Vaughn on having the Bronc ride match, because that's one of my other favorite stories, but we can't use that one here. Oh, we're going to hear that next. But, Coleman Proctor and, was it Jet and Jace? We were Jet all Hillman. Jace Crab, Jet Hillman. We were off on a little run through uh, Vegas up to Pocatello. We stopped at uh, a casino, a hotel casino for the night, 
I got my little wad of cash, you know, that I brought for the for the week. It's precious to me. It's gonna be my eating money. It's gonna be what I buy a lollipop with, the Gatorade, stuff like that, you know. I've prepared for the trip. It's a ten day deal, and I've prepared my, I've budgeted my life for this trip, right? So Coleman, he comes up, and it's oh, about eight o'clock at night. He says, "Hey, uh, you got three hundred? I could borrow." And I'm like, "Yeah, I do. You know, I do." And so you know, yeah, I got it. And uh, he says, "I says, but I." Here's the deal. I got it budgeted in, right? So I'm going to need that 300 back here within the next 24 hours. He goes, oh, yeah, I got you. So he's gone for a little while, and I kind of fall asleep. He comes in and wakes me up and says, hey, here's your 300. I'm like, hey, bud, appreciate that. You know, thank you. He talks for a little bit, kind of shooting the bull, if you will. So he's getting up to go. He says, well, I guess I'm going to I'm gonna head back down there. And, hey, you wouldn't have to have 300 I could borrow again, would you? <laughs> I said, hey, just keep it. We'll settle up in the morning. So, But we made it. You know, it's 10 days. We're still here, and we're 10 years later, right? Well, I like establishing credit any chance I get. That's right, kids. When you, when you get a credit card, you use it a lot, and then you pay it off really fast, and that establishes credit. And that's basically what I felt like I did with you, and now I've got you here. I don't have to pay you to be on the podcast today. Hey, in both scenarios right there are 0%. So that's the best part. That's our personal finance. You know, I actually was a president's honor roll this semester. Applause. Oh, that is. Hold on. That's but uh, let's hear this. I've always heard about your bronc riding match with Colin Von On. Well, I didn't mean to. And I didn't. There, but... Well, I honestly, the other day we got brought up in the practice pen when you wouldn't ride the, the buck and heel horse. And I wanted to know because I, I thought I had my, my facts straight on that. I thought the match was at Duran, Oklahoma, Southeastern College Rodeo. But I, I was completely wrong. Let's take me through that. Well, first of all, uh, Colin and I used to rope in college, and uh, we would spend the whole year talking about who was the better bronc rider. And now, if you hear my story versus his story, there's going to be a little bit of gray area there, but my story is correct, and his story is not. So here we go. So we go to Guyman, and I got a buddy, Josh Graff. His horse stalls in the, in the box or in the chute, right? So they give him a new one. I said, well... If a steer don't come out of the chute, we don't get a new one. So Robert Ebbauer, nicest guy he is, he says, well, you can get on him. I said, well, give me some shafts. <laughs> so we get some shafts, and uh, sure enough, he don't come out again. And I hit him with my hat, which was not something you would never see a right do. Okay, None, none of the rights are going to do this. The horse rears up. I grab a hold of the swells, and I, and I feel like I'm really spurring him, but I never do let go of the swells. And there's a concrete wall to the backside of the arena, and I can see... I already got a big nose, and it's about to get bigger, right? So I just kind of bail. Well, the next night, Colin gets on a, a pickup horse, you know. he Now he's got to get on one, right? Well, this horse bucks in a little bitty old circle. I mean, I, I'm i not saying my sisters could ride him, but they sure, sure could ride him better than Colin did, right? <laughs> so anyway, then we go to the – so we're in the short round, and Robert says, hey, we got some Bronx loaded for you. And now we're both like, man, we've lived through the first one. Do we really want to do another one? You know, we're, we're both having a sinking feeling. I'm trying to shorten this story up. This no, really, keep it. this story could go for hours if you really wanted to. But so, my coach is Robert Etbauer. I got this big bay, and and then uh, Colin's coach is Brett Franks, and he's on the other side over there on his roan mare. And uh, come to find out, these two are like the real Bronx. Like they didn't even bring them to the college rodeos, right? So these go to the <clears throat> these go to the pro rodeos. So Robert, he's giving me like this two-minute tutorial about how to ride Bronx. 
He's like, you need to look under your rain. You need to get your toes here. And I'm like, like this, like that, like this, kind of like that. And he goes, yeah, just try to hang on. So I get up there and I tell him, you know, just get some music going here at least because my nerves are shot now. I'm really not one to do it. Colin, he, I feel like he's white as a ghost too. I'm not really sure how his tutorial went, but I couldn't imagine it being much better than mine. And uh, away we go, right? And right before I nod my head, the judge, Travis Howe, which he's a steer open judge now, great PRCA judge, love Travis. He sneaks his hand in there and says, hey, uh, by the way, you didn't mark that first one out. <laughs> so that is why, that's the barrier of the rough stocks, okay? That's what gives your horse the advantage, and I learned it the hard way in Guymon, Oklahoma in 2004. So I get my feet up there because I'm going to do it right this time. Now, I come back, and I'm coming to spur him again. And I got my spurs right flat in his neck, and my ass is six foot out of the saddle going that way. I ride him for 2.8 seconds. Colin over there, he just slides off the O'Mara 2.3. Tyranny's the winner. Champion. Yeah. Champion. Let's get a applause. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Colin. So let's talk. I mean, like, what? Who loaned you a saddle in that scenario? You know, I was so nervous. I have no idea if the Queen did or the Robert did or the Bronc Riders did. There was just a saddle on there. I'm not sure where it came from. Did you go vest? Oh, surely. Surely safety first, right? That's amazing. That really sounds like a safety first story. All right, let's talk about it. The other day, you were so close to winning the Polaris Ranger that they give National Circuit Finals champion. Let's talk a little bit. How was the Circuit Finals? I want you to tell the whole world about this last round because you were so. I told you, I said, I want to know the report of how it goes. Yeah, you were the one of the first I called. Uh, once I started crying, I stopped crying. Uh, no, so so I've never had to actually win that, and that's a great rodeo. Um, those guys at Torrington, that committee is awesome. The steer ropers, they they feed us well. They got Calcuttas. They, I mean, it's just a great time. They had a bunch of money. We don't have to put up any money. It's just a great place to go. I've won second three times. I've never got to win it. I was, I, my wife, she keeps saying, we need to buy a Ranger. I'm like, give one away up there. We're not buying one, you know. So I'm still holding that off using the old sunburnt Silverado for all the Ranger stuff, you know. But <clears throat> anyway, Cole Patterson, he, he won it last year. Uh, I had a pretty good run. I was 10-6. He come back and was 10-1. Great run. Won it, you know. So this year we're going in, and the top four come down. It was Sori. Uh, it was uh, Garrett Hill, me, and then Cole again. And we got to pick our own cattle. And so we kind of pick out the ones that are the best, and then we throw them in a hat, and, and uh, we draw them out. Every, every steer's good. It goes 11-7, I think, 9-8. Uh, Garrett was 9-8. I went 9-3. And I'm like, man, surely this year, you know, he was 10-1 last year. Surely I get by him. He come out with a stud run. as 8-4, got it again. So if you come by Altus, Oklahoma, there's still no Ranger in my driveway. So, you know, I get this. So then you literally drive right from Torrington to Guymon. And I'd ask you, because I needed a string. I'd worn my string out. I've been tying every day. And, and Coles actually came down to help me with my tying a lot. And I, he was telling me, like, maybe my string was too long. And, you know, like, we kind of compared, like, well, this one, do I cut some off? Do I not? My, you know, Snedeker, he gave me a tag on what, what this is the string he uses. You know, a medium, Lyle, you know, 3-8 scant or 5-6. There's so many options, and I have no idea what I'm doing. And you're like, don't worry about it. I'll bring you a Willard. You don't need any other string, but this Willard I'm going to bring you. I'm like, perfect. So you bring it to me. You give it to I don't even take a string up there. You give me that string. That's what I'm going to use. Well, of course, my old buddy, Tyranny, right? I have so many great sponsors that help me out, and I wear them proudly. 
and I'm showing them off to the world. And Jess is like, I just love when these team ropers come around here. <laughs> they got all the patches, right? And I mean, it just, it's complete. <laughs> like, I'm not nervous enough already, right? So Everybody was laughing until you got money. Yeah, so this is this is day one. It's, it gets a lot funnier. And uh, this is my first trip to, like, the big one, the guy man, you know? Well, my buddy old Jess over there, he's in the box. And Cole Patterson's, like, 10 or 15 feet from me. And you were like, you're, oh, you're going to use that string today. Like, it was taboo to use the string you had just given me. And it's broken. It looks like it knows what it's doing. I'm like, well, of course I'm using that one today. If it keeps you a second behind Cole Patterson, I'll be happy with that. <laughs> he was laying and waiting for that one. I was. I was How long did you think about that? It literally you had about popped, 30 minutes. It literally popped in my head, but I've tried to retell it every chance I get. So the first the first year open, I get to enter. My man finds me a horse. He did. I said, hey, Jess, find me the horse I need. Because basically, I think you give me great advice, and this could be our... Uh, our signature equine perfect moment. If you're going to learn anything, I say it, you know, team roping wise, you see a lot of like young kids on young horses, and it's a disaster. It's just a disaster. It, or, or for any businessman or anybody, like if that is what you're doing as a hobby, go get a good horse. Go get one that does it. You don't have to learn, and he has to learn the whole time. And that's what I was trying to do in the, in the steer roping because I, could, I couldn't justify to myself, like, man, going and giving all this money for. A steer tripping horse when I don't really know, A, how long I'll stick with it or if I'll be able to afford it. I don't know if I'll be any good. I mean, there's just so many questions. But you you told me, like, no, go get a good horse that will keep you safe. And that's the first thing he said. is like, you want one that you can learn on, that you can win on, and then he'll know what he's doing and it'll keep, you have a lot better chance of staying safe. Greatest advice ever. So I he finds me a horse. I go to my very first one. Now, first one I go to, Ada, Oklahoma, the standalone event. So this is like the, I would almost call it like a, I don't know, like a like a playoff. Like it's almost like NBA playoff level. Like it's it's only the best of the best type steer ropers. They're all there, and there's like 60 of them. And they, I mean, everybody's came to Ada, Oklahoma. It adds quite a bit. The fees are extremely high, extremely high. Well, like I get there, and I'm, I'm nervous my first time. I don't really know. I've never rode my horse at a rodeo, obviously, because it's my first rodeo. And... Jess is giving me all the advice. Like, okay, here's the deal. These steers are a little bit fresh. They're a little bit small. Uh, you need to stay in the stirrup a little longer. They need to really stay, you know, get them suckers down. Let them drag. Let them be down. Keep them down for a while and then go time. Then go time. And I'm like, yeah, Jess, I love that you think I have those kinds of options because when I start this big body off this horse, like it's coming one way or another. Well, my first one, you said, man, he really runs. I'm like, okay, no big deal. I'll get to him. Well, I'm hustling old Cheeto. And at the house, Cheeto, he just, when I throw, he continues forward. At the rodeo, I throwed, and he dropped right out from underneath of me. And I get my trip laid, and everything kind of goes, and, and Cheeto stepped on it for a minute. I wondered why <laughs> my daughter thought he liked Cheetos. That's, Cambry was like, that's she thought he liked Cheetos. Turned out that makes sense now. There you go. Steer steps on it. I wad him up, and I should have stayed on. But I kind of panicked because I saw the steer step on it. Didn't really know what to do, so I thought, well, I better go ahead and get off. So I got off. Cheeto stopped. I got the reins in my hand. I'm in front of Cheeto looking at him. I'm like, I'm going to go tie the steer now. I take off. Steer stands up. Cheeto runs off. And I mean, I'm 15, 20 minutes maybe. First run ever trying to get my horse corralled, my rope off. I'm still not very good at getting my rope off the dally horn. So I'm nervous. I'm embarrassed. And oh, by the way, my entire family has came to watch my first one. My mom's like, what time does Slack start tomorrow? I'm like, Mom, I'm not going to be very good. Like, don't come over there. I'm nervous enough already. 
And you were so nice. Like, you went and got on my horse. You kind of tuned him up a little bit. And my wife even comes to me with her plethora of steer roping knowledge and was like, hey, you need to stay in the stirrup longer. Thanks, son. <laughs> right? So my second one, I go to Gaiman. And I'm so excited. I've been practicing. I've spent the day at Snedeker. I've roped with Cole. I've yet to get to rope with my coach, but I've been sending him all the videos. Like, I'm really feeling it. J-Dub has just been on me. You know, I've had the Wahoo just tuning me on the ground, getting these, uh, getting these steers tied. Go to Gaiman. The first thing John Wayne said, now listen, you go to Gaiman, everybody, they're going to run into that steer, and he's going to jump and kick you. And when he kicks you, don't throw, because his head will go down, and you'll go right over top of him. You'll almost knock yourself off your horse. I'm like, okay, don't throw in a steer kick. Got it. So now I've already given you my Cole Patterson dig, right? And I'm feeling pretty good about it because I'm like, but you did tell me too, like, we don't waste time. Like, get there, rope them, go. Like, don't, don't waste time, you know? So I'm like, okay, now pay attention and don't throw if he jumps and kicks at you. So I take off across there. Boy, mine's just nice and loping. I'm easing to him and I'm like, oh, yeah, he's going to take it. And boy, when I go to throw, if he don't jump, kick both times right under, over the horn, whoo, dang near knocks me down off my horse. I sent the video straight to John Wayne with a couple of those signs. Like, hey, why would you even mention that? Like, if we're playing golf, I'm not going to be like, hey, Jess, don't hit it in the water. You know what I mean? So He doesn't have to tell me that because that's usually where it goes. <laughs> so round two, I drawed one, big steer. Didn't want to lay down. First thing Jess tells me, okay, now here's what you do. Uh, drag him. Drag him for about 10 feet and then go time because he'll stay down. You can time. I'm like, perfect. Like, I'm feeling better about my stirrup, but not enough that I feel like I can do that. But I, I don't want to convey that I can't, so I give you full confidence. And I'm like, got it, coach. Call John Wayne. I'm like, he's like, what did we get this round? I said, man, I think he's pretty good. He's kind of big. They didn't jerk him down. He said, man, when he hits flat, you get gone. I said, well, J uh, Jess told me maybe I should drag him. When he hits flat, get gone. I said, yes, sir. I come across, stick it on him pretty good, hit him pretty good. He hits, feet go in the air. Get I gone. get gone. He stands straight up. Horse runs off. Another 15 minutes of me gathering my stuff. Go to the other end. And Guyman is so big, like, it takes so long to get all your stuff. So I get all my stuff gathered up, and I'm coiling my rope up, and there goes Clay Long. Boom. 8-3. I'm like, what am I even doing here? Like, I'm playing, I'm playing ping pong. These guys are playing tennis, you know? Turns out that was like a 30-year record, so I felt better about that afterwards. Send the video to my man, J-Dub. Words from J-Dub. He's like, yeah, you probably should have stayed in that stirrup a little longer, <laughs> like Jess said. I'm like, make my mind up, coach. What are we doing? But, then we get our third one. Tell him about that one. Ooh, I did get the third one. I missed the barrier again. Supposed to go to the left. Kind of a funny story. Jake uh, Jake Clay actually told me who had my steer. I, had, I didn't know the gentleman's name, so I find him on Facebook. I creep him. Oh, okay, there, and then bang, if he don't go walking by right there, I said, hey, uh, what was your, your second one? Oh, he's pretty good. I said, yeah, they tied him maybe like 11-2, broke the barrier maybe. Yep, pretty good steer. It comes off the left pretty hard. I'm like, okay, well, I don't really know what to do. Kind of asking around, like, should I get a tail? Should I have him hipped out? It's so long. And uh, Scott was like, well, maybe we'll, we'll hip him. And then Cole was like, hey, just turn his head to the right, and he'll probably stay straight. I don't know why it works, but it does. I'm like, perfect, so I do that. Miss the barrier a little bit, stick it on him. Give me a right-handed tie. Don't fall down. That's the wrong one. Step across. And I don't know how we do this. And, like, we talked a little bit about focus, and that'll be our next major point we make here, Jess. But 
you know, I actually stepped across the rope and, and I strung the correct leg, which was the bottom leg for the right-handed tie. Put one wrap on. I've never done that. Stood up. 12-2, I think. 12-2. Wrapping a hooey. Won some money. You practice wrapping a hooey a lot? I do. Yeah. See, I, I never did. I always went too, and I think that's why I was just uncomfortable with the thought, yeah. the premise. Well, I mean, if you're going to shoot a 22, you gotta you got to practice shooting a 22. <laughs> this is my coach right here. You know what's funny is like I go 12-2, and I'm like, I'm buying the picture. I've called home. I've gotten seven different views from seven different camera angles. Um, I mean, I'm proud of it. I've all but put it on a shirt. Speaking of which, you know, you will get your complimentary I told my tale in the Toter shirt today for the Toter Tale podcast, brought to us by Signature Living Quarters and our good friends. Actually, i got to tell my man, ERS Gunite, Tyler Boston, we're going to bring a little more onto that. He's actually the whole driving force behind this whole mess. But back to my story. You know, I go 12-2, I'm pretty proud of it. And uh, you went 11-1, and you were good in the average. So, I Hey, he made a good run. He made a good run. I was actually in the stands because I had my boy. I took my two-year-old boy for the first time. For twelve hundred miles, right, or fourteen hundred miles by yourself too. Let me tell you, that's it. That's a mind-boggling experience. Exactly. That's what it feels like. It, it really did at times. So I didn't get to see much of it, but I always tried to set my timer for when I thought Coleman was going. I made it to the bottom of the stairs as he comes by me. He hits over there, strings him. I said, "One time." Sure enough, one time. Cha-ching. You know what's funny, and, and then uh, so the guy that told you to mark the bronc out, he was actually the judge there, wasn't he? he was the yes. flagger. Okay, because I really don't know the I don't know the rules because I did. Uh, I mean, I I run my next one, and he runs me out of sight. I miss the barrier, but I'm tining down. Like I'm tired of getting no times rope. And when I when I throw my my slack, my trip, whatever you guys call it, when I throw it that way, it just barely like it just like here's it, and it's back on my side. So I don't even really know if that's like legal. But he hits, like he, he lays down, so I'm like, well, might as well go tie him. Gotta go. So I go tie him, and then I'm like, he, Travis tries up, and I'm like, hey, hey, was that legal? He's like, oh, yeah, I came over the hip bone. I'm like, okay, well, I didn't know what the rule was. And then it's not five years later, I'm sitting over by him, and he flags somebody out, and I'm like, hey, so what was wrong with that run? Like, not I'm trying legal. to run the rules as we go, you know. We all are. It's that moment again. Well, Jess, I want to thank you. You know, you're my first guest. Toter Tales, we've had a blast. This is kind of what I wanted to do. I want to be able to tell stories. I want to tell about what it is. And you talked a little bit about being a dad, being a great husband, renewing your vows this weekend. Uh, nothing like a second-place finish to me over here at Claremore would really bring home the bacon like that. But I want to thank you. you. You know, you were you were the one that said, hey, you should try this Toter Tales podcast thing. You should try that out. We should have a place where we tell stories, maybe change the names of some people, which we obviously did not, uh, just to... <laughs> that is true. We did say that. Keep the innocent safe, but you know, it's well, all great I mean, stories. But we want people knowing that Colin got beat. Well, hey. I mean, he would want to. He'd want people to know that he beat him. So we need. We all need, right, let's just put that, that on record. It is the Toter Tales <laughs> on record moment right here, and uh, we're going to tell you about how ERS Gunite, your top service, the two-time world champion healer, Colin Von Ong, did one time get beat in the Bronchitis. That's right. By just here in 20 years ago. Now, you have won, uh, what all have you won? You've won the steer open finals, right? Like that is. No, I've never won the finals. I thought you won the average no. there. I won third. Third's the best I've won. Well, you've won a ton of go round buckles. Last year, what did you win? Four out of the five second day rounds? That was two years ago. Two years ago. Yes, my sir. facts are good. I, uh, my producer back there, he's not giving me the right stat sheet here. but. Uh, well, anyway. it is the first one. It's the first so one. We're getting it together. Get maybe, maybe not. This. What if this is the peak? We don't know. We don't know. But we've had a great time. 
thank you guys so much for following along. Anybody you want to plug while we're here? Well, I just want to tell Coleman thank you for doing this. It's fun to uh, watch him on the road and, and hear about the rodeos and the guys that used to rodeo or guys that want to rodeo, even guys that are rodeo. We like we like hearing what you're doing. You're doing a good job. It is kind of funny how many people pay attention to that. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And I think I think rodeo guys kind of start digging it because it is the funny little stuff. Yeah. That, it's that the I, stuff you don't want to admit that you do. And you're like, hey, that happened to me too. And it happened to Coleman. Yeah. We're all okay. Zero filter. Just total improv. Love Completely. 100%. It's a good guy right here. <laughs> Have you ever Couldn't heard this song? Steer no. tripping? Last night I did. And I love it. Who sings it? This is the Whiskey, Poet, Whiskey Poet Society, Benito Obama. Well, that was a wrap. Our first ever, first ever, Toter Tales Podcast. And I brought to us by ERS Gunite. If you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, check them out. They've got all your all your Gunite, any kind of concrete needs. They, they specialize in doing a lot of pools. you got to check out Tyler Boston's got a lazy river. If we were at his house right now, kids could be out there lazy river, and we're out here roping, tying. It's a great time. But instead, all I can offer you is some great community coffee and a good time, a good talk, and a good signature. And it's all gone. Totery, toter tail. Come on. That's going to play us out right there every time.